0: When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players. You have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, David.
1: You are listening to Just Pod, baby. A Las Vegas Raiders podcast brought to you by silverandblacktoday.com. And now your host, Evan Groat. Let's go, Raider Nation. Welcome to the Week 8 Preview episode of Just Pod Baby. I am your host, Evan Grote. Very glad to have you with me once again this week. The Raiders travel to Cleveland this weekend to take on the 5-2 and two Browns. We are entering the month of November here in a couple days, and with that comes a change of weather, especially here on the East Coast. I've been keeping a close eye on the forecast for Sunday in Cleveland. Weather will be a factor. Right now it's calling for, for rain, 60% chance of rain, wind gusts up to 25 miles per hour, and temperatures in the 40s. So uh, gonna be at the Raiders' first bad weather game. And as we know, that's been a that's been an issue for Derek Carr throughout his career. Uh, listen, it, it, this is a game that is very important for both teams. The Browns are in a very competitive AFC North division with the Steelers, who are 6-0, and and the Baltimore Ravens, who are 5-1. and And the Browns' best chance at a playoff spot right now is going to be as one of those three wildcard teams. Now, on the flip side, when you look at the Raiders, they are losers of three of their last four games. They badly need to get the sour taste out of their mouths from last week and, and look to, to get things going. Going here, get a win streak going. Here, try to rattle off some wins as their schedule looks to be a bit more favorable in the second half of the season. So this week would be a great place for them to start uh, again, a winning streak, and and change the narrative surrounding this team right now. As always, this show is brought to you by Silver and Black Today, Las Vegas' first independent Raiders news source. We have the website, which you need to make sure you are checking in on every day. We have Scott and Q on Raider Nation Radio each day, 2 to 4 uh, p.m. Pacific Time, 5 to 7, on the East Coast, and you've got me here on the podcast. Make sure you are following us and subscribing us on all of our different formats. On the docket for this week's preview episode, I'll get you caught up with all of the coaches' press conferences from this week. We will take a listen and see what the coaches are, are having to say about this week's opponent. Also, we will take a look at the Browns, some of the things they do well, and some of the areas where I think the Raiders could look to take advantage I'll give you some of my thoughts on the matchup. And later on in the show, we will chat with longtime uh, Browns beat writer, Mary Kay Cabot from the Cleveland Plain Dealer. I'm really excited about that one. But before we do that, just a quick reminder That support for Just Pod Baby is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the absolute best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. I've got my Lawnmower 3.0, I use it all the time. I'm telling you, it's been a complete game changer for me. I really like how it's very delicate uh, in all the sensitive areas, and that's thanks to the cutting edge ceramic blade that's designed to reduce grooming accidents and that's all part of their new advanced skin safe technology if you're looking to pick uh pick one of these things up yourself uh i can help you save some money and also if you're a female listener out there uh Christmas is just around the corner. This would make a great gift for a a boyfriend or a husband. Uh, Use the promo code PODBABY to save 20% off plus free shipping. Again, that code is PODBABY. I want you guys to experience this firsthand. Trust me, your balls will thank you. All right, back to football. We begin this week with what coaches are saying uh, about this week's opponent, the Cleveland Browns. We're going to start with head coach John Gruden. On Wednesday, he met with the media, and he was asked about the challenges that the Browns offense presents for the Raiders. Let's take a listen.
0: Well, also, running game. You guys uh, have covered the Raiders. You know Bill Callahan is the offensive line coach. He's a great line coach. Had a lot of experience working with him. You're going to see uh, Hunt, and when Chubb is healthy, they have two of the best backs in the AFC and in the NFL, and uh, they know how to use them. They can run the ball inside or out gap schemes zone schemes traps shotgun runs you name it and uh when they get the running game going mate baker is really hard to stop because of the play action passes and the bootlegs but um, i think the running game uh, really stands out and, and and we all know baker is, is really an emerging young quarterback
1: so we heard from gruden there praising the run game of the Browns, which is definitely a strength of their team. On the season, they're averaging 157 yards per game on the ground. That is third in the NFL. And that is without Nick Chubb recently, who has missed the last three games with the MCL sprain. He will not be available this week, so the Raiders do catch a break there. But for the Browns, it all starts with the run. Kevin Stefanski, their head coach, he wants to set up the play-action pass uh, with the run game. Uh, Now, the stats show that the Raiders have been better against the run since Week 3 when they were completely gashed for 250 yards against the Patriots. Uh, Part of the reason for that, though, is because they played the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bucks, and they had a lot of success uh, through the air, and they didn't really have to run the ball as much. But the point I'm making is I I fully expect the Browns to do what they do, and and so the defense for the Raiders needs to be prepared to slow down the run game for Cleveland. Uh, I always like to play place an emphasis each week uh, and I've talked about it a lot on here third down conversion rates. The Browns are 20th in the league right now with a rate of 42% of the time they convert on third down on offense. So I think that will be an important factor is to limit the Browns on first and second downs and force them into some third and longs, third and eight, where the Raiders can look to to just pin their ears back and just, and just get after Mayfield. Mayfield has has shown the tendency to struggle at times when when pressure is thrown at him. Um, sometimes he 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 feels pressure that may not be there. But for whatever the reason he he has had some struggles there. I'm expecting to see some more blitzes this week. If you listen to what Gruden had to say on Monday in his press conference, he alluded to the idea that there's going to be some changes made on the defense. What some of those changes will be, we can only speculate um, on at this point. As I mentioned, an obvious place that I would like to see the Raiders make a change is dialing up some more pressure, some more blitz looks. I mean, right now, they rank 29th in blitz percentage at 19.3%. Rushing four has not been enough for the Raiders. And I know that the logic out there is that sending an extra guy or two really puts a lot of stress on secondary guys uh, and the back end of the defense. But at this point, I just don't see what they have to lose, right? I mean, guys are getting beat on the back end regardless. So at this point, I'd much rather like to see the defense go down swinging. I mean, put up a fight. Be aggressive. And, And I think they've got some guys... That can be, that have shown throughout their career that they can be good blitzers. Like a Corey Littleton, who had four and a half sacks in, in, in uh, 2018 and three sacks in 2019. Nick Kwiatkowski, he had three sacks in 2019 as well. So use those linebackers to blitz. I think Lamarcus Joyner can be utilized a bit more as a blitzer. Jonathan Abram, his whole game is based around being aggressive. So allow him to to blitz. Move him up in the box and send him on some blitzes. I want to see the defense utilize some of these guys' skill sets in other ways. And I think using some of these guys to blitz would, would be one of those ways. Now, Gruden also mentioned some possible personnel changes. And as far as that's concerned, maybe it's time we start to see a guy like Isaiah Johnson get a chance at cornerback after some of the struggles that Nevin Lawson had last week against the Bucks, Gave up two touchdowns. Damon Arnett is still not ready to come back. So maybe it's Isaiah Johnson that gets a chance. Will Amik Robertson find his way back onto the field? I know he got burnt like toast in his first appearance as a rookie, but we're we're week eight now. Let's start this, let's give this kid a chance, maybe. You know, maybe that, that's something we need to see. And uh how about getting the best players on the field? I don't care where you were drafted. I don't care how much money you were paid in free agency, get the most productive players on the field. An example, Chris Smith and Dayton Jones, they look good in their limited opportunities against Kansas City. Now, I'm not saying they're every-game starters, but what I'm telling you is they were productive. And their guys that are on the practice squad right now, bring them up, give them an opportunity. Let's see what they can do. Uh, And maybe, if anything else... Uh, it, it, it lights a fire under some of these guys like Nassib and Key and Malik Collins who have just not performed well. Um, and I, and I, of course, I think the obvious one that we all want to see is, is David Irving make his debut as well. And that leads me right into the next piece of audio that I have for you, and that is from defensive coordinator Paul Gunther from Thursday when he was asked about the idea of sending more blitzes and the potential dangers of doing that. Here's what he had to say.
0: I mean, I think it's all based upon the opponent you play, uh, the structure of the offense, whether that allows you to do those things, and the matchups you have. You know, if you blitz a guy and they pick you up, you have uh, Matt. You know, coverage, coverage. You have one guy in coverage, or if you don't blitz, you have you got to get home in the rush. So it was a give and take there, of how you decide to do those things. So there's pluses to minuses. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't work. It's all. It's all. Uh, you know, you do the best you can with the studies that you have. Uh, based upon the situations when, when they come about.
1: Not a real telling response there from Gunther. I thought it was a good question by uh, Vinny Vanciore, But I think what Gunther was saying is, based on your opponent, they all have different strengths and weaknesses, especially at the quarterback position and how they handle the, the pressure. For example, Brady, who they played last week, is a guy who rarely gets hit because he gets the ball out of his hand so quick. and and, and he And he did touch on, on the risks that are involved when when you send a guy, an extra guy, and he, he and he gets picked up by the blitz. You have a guy on the left in coverage, and he has to make sure that he's doing his job or the whole thing just completely crumbles. So, uh, again, a little bit of his thoughts about the idea of butting more real quick. Gunther was asked about uh, David Irving and, and if he would play this weekend. Here's what his response was to that question.
0: David's been out of football for a while, so he's a work in progress. We're trying to get his conditioning up and ready to go. And when we feel he, he'll be ready to go, whether it's this Sunday or next Sunday or two Sundays from now, we'll have to make that decision. So that's going to be a day to day thing with David. But he'll be an asset for us. He's a big, good looking soccer and uh, he's played. He's played a lot of good football over his career, so when, when he's ready and we deem him as ready as coaches to go in there, we'll have him up and running.
1: So there you heard it. Uh, don't expect David Irving to be out there this week. And as I expected, you know this, this guy has been away from football for quite a long time. I believe it was, I think I said the stat last week, he's only played eight games since 2018. So uh, to be out of football so long, it is going to take him a few weeks to get up to speed. So uh, nothing nothing that I'm surprised about there. All right, guys, it is time to take a quick break. When I return, I'll take a look at the injury report. Uh, We'll see about the return of Trent Brown and Brian Edwards. He was back at practice this week. And also, you'll hear my interview with Mary Kay Cabot. All that coming up next. Don't go anywhere. we are back here with segment two of just pod baby. Just a couple of things that I want to touch on before we uh, get to the Thursday injury report. If you look at the Browns record, they're five and two right now. Currently they hold the sixth seed in the playoffs, but the wins came against some of the worst teams in the league, including two over the Bengals by a combined eight points. And they took advantage of a very weak NFC East division, the only win that they have that really grabs your attention is the Week Five game versus the Colts, who are, are currently four and two. Both of their losses came against uh, division opponents: the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. And in each of those games, they were totally outclassed. Now, I know, I'm well aware that the Steelers are undefeated right now and the Ravens are a one-loss team. So these are two of the better teams in the league that we're talking about. But still, it, uh, they were they were totally outclassed, outscored. I believe it was 76-13. to 13. Uh, I watched that Pittsburgh game. They were completely manhandled, uh, especially on the line of scrimmage. They were dominated in all areas of the game. Uh, so me for me, it, it's very difficult to get a good read on exactly what the Browns are at this point. And and that is one of the things I'm going to focus on, uh, and and I'm going to ask Mary Kay about that when she joins us. Now, that being said, this is a great opportunity for the Raiders this week to get themselves back on track. Real quick, I want to take a look at the schedule. The next uh, five games after the Browns, okay, so the next six games we'll say, you've got the Browns, you've got the Chargers, Denver, Kansas City, and then they go on the road for back-to-back East Coast games against Atlanta and the Jets. Now, I say it as much as anyone out there. The NFL is a week-to-week league. There's no such thing as an automatic win in this this league. But this is a very critical stretch of the season for the Raiders. The matchups do look good, and it's possible if the Raiders are to make the playoffs in 2020, we could look back on the season and say, this is when it all started. It all started in week eight. Okay. Before I bring in my guest, I do have the Thursday injury report here in front of me. Uh, so let's quickly run through that. Starting with the Browns, they got a couple big name guys here. Uh, let's start with some of those offensive linemen. They got a couple injuries along that offensive line. Right tackle Jake Conklin, he was limited both Wednesday and Thursday with a knee injury. Their center, J.C. Tredder, he did not practice on Wednesday, but he was limited on um, Thursday. I, I did see that all the, the plans for him is that he will play as long as he doesn't have any setbacks. Uh, the one, though, that I, I, I doesn't look good at this point is their guard, Wyatt Teller, with a calf injury. He did not practice Wednesday or Thursday, so they could be without at least one of their offensive linemen. Uh, I will ask Mary Kay about that as well when we get her on. Uh, defensive end Miles Garrett. This is huge. Did not protect, uh, participate in either on Wednesday or Thursday. He's dealing with an ankle injury. So if they don't have him, that is a major, major blow to this defense. He is. Uh, it's all. It's all based on him. He generates a ton of pressure. Nine sacks. 4 force fumbles, so that's a big one. And they've got some other guys who are, you know, nicked up but are going to play. A wide receiver, Javis Landry, he was limited both days, but he played through this. He's dealing with broken ribs, but he's going to play. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi, one of their defensive tackles, limited uh, Wednesday, Thursday with a hamstring. Uh, so, Cream Hunt. He's also dealing with some 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 ribs as well. Limited both days. So, other than that, the big one to keep an eye on is Miles Garrett. Uh, again, that would be a huge factor in this game. So, let's let's go over and take a look at the Raiders now. Uh, Malik Collins, limited Wednesday Thursday shoulder. Brian Edwards, he's he's back on the practice field for the Raiders in a limited fashion. Gruden did say he he would probably list him as doubtful. That was that was as of yesterday, but the fact that he's gotten into limited practice is a good sign, so maybe it's possible uh, we see him back on the field. Rodney Hudson, he uh, did not participate on Wednesday, but it is not injury-related. Josh Jacobs, who's always on the injury report, he's going to play knee. Uh, Arden Key did not pr- uh, participate Wednesday-Thursday, so... He's got a foot, and I believe it was a foot injury that cost him his season in twenty. Uh, was it twenty eighteen? So not sure if it's the same foot or not, but that's not a good sign at all. Uh, Colton Miller, he's listed on here with a shoulder, but he was full both days. Trayvon Mullen listed with a shoulder forearm; he was full both days. Nassib, uh limited with his broken toe. Nixon, limited, limited with a groin. And then the other big one from last week was, was Sam Young. Uh, when he left the game with that knee injury, he did get in limited practices both days this week. But the big one that we all need to keep our eye on is Trent Brown. And the, the last that I've heard is that he is on track to play on Sunday. He he did not practice Thursday. He should be allowed back in the building on Friday. And I think the same goes for uh, Jonathan Abrams. So um, expect to have both of those guys back as well as long as there isn't anything uh, you know, bad that happens here between now and Sunday. So that is your Thursday injury report. And what we're going to do now is we're going to go out to the phone lines and bring in our guests for this week. We now bring in our guests for this week. Let's say hello to Mary Kay Cabot, beat writer for the Cleveland Browns, and she covers the team for the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Mary Kay, thanks for joining me tonight. How are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. How are you?
1: I'm very good. Thank you for asking. Now the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, they had East this week to take on the, the Cleveland Browns. And it's a it's a really big game for both teams. The Browns need to keep pace in that competitive AFC North division. And, and the Raiders, they badly need to get a win after losing three of their last four games. So I'm expecting a very competitive game. Now, Mary Kay, I've watched the Browns a couple times this year. Uh, to me, they seem like a bit of a mystery team, though. I, I can't quite figure out what they are. The, their record says they're a 5-2 and two team, but, but the five wins have come against teams with a combined 9-17-1 record. Only the Colts have a winning record at 4-2, and two. and in the two losses to the Steelers and the Ravens, they were, they were outclassed and, and outscored in those games 76-13. to 13. So as a person who covers the team on a daily basis, who are the Browns right now?
2: Well, you're right about that. It has been sort of a tale of two teams. When they get up against the really, really good teams like Baltimore and Pittsburgh, they have faltered. And some of it has come down to how Baker Mayfield has performed. Uh, And he is kind of on the clock right now. And the big issue going on is, uh, you know, will he perform better without Odell Beckham Jr. on the field? I'm sure you've probably seen this bandied about. And that has been the big debate in Cleveland. And the truth of the matter is Baker's numbers are much better without Odell Beckham Jr. And conversely, Odell's numbers are actually better without Baker. So there is some kind of a disconnect between these guys. Uh, So I I actually think that, you know, you might see Baker perform better uh, down the stretch without Odell because he he feels, it seems to me a little bit more confident, a little bit more free less pressure to get the ball to Odell, uh, and he connects better with some other guys like Richard Higgins. But it remains to be seen if that is true or if that is a mirage that happened against the Bengals. You know, it's just a little bit difficult to try to determine. So the Browns have got a lot of figuring out to do over their next nine regular season games.
1: Of course, you just touched on Odell Beckham, and we all saw the injury to him last week. He's out for the year with a torn ACL. And I read your piece in The Plain Dealer this week detailing how you expect the Browns to overcome the loss of Beckham. But in particular, this week, talk to us about some of the ways that you expect Kevin Stefanski to compensate for the absence of OBJ.
2: Well, they don't have Nick Chubb back yet, so they're not going to be able to rely on that. He'll probably be back uh, after the bye week, which comes for them after this game. Uh, so what they're going to have to do is they'll rely again on Rashad Higgins. He's expected to be in the starting lineup. Uh, they're bringing back uh, Kaderil Hodge, a receiver, uh, this this week that has some really good speed. Donovan Peoples-Jones, their six-round rookie, is coming up the learning curve very quickly. He can also take the top off of a defense. You've got rookie tight end Harrison Bryant that had two touchdown catches in the last game. You, you won't have Austin Hooper this game. They're starting tight end, but David Nijoku is a really good, uh, for all intents and purposes, starting tight end in his own right. So they still have a lot of weapons on this team, and they have a really good offensive line. And if you have a good offensive line, a lot of things can flow from there. And from what I can tell, uh, the Raiders do not put any pressure or much pressure on whatsoever. And if they can't do that, then Baker Mayfield can get on a roll.
1: Yeah, you're right about that. The Raiders are, the major weakness is getting after the quarterback. You're right on the money there. Our guest tonight is Mary Kay Cabot of the Cleveland Plain Dealer. You just talked about the offensive line. I was looking at the injury report for the Browns today. I see a couple of names of some guys that I want to ask you about. The big one is is Miles Garrett, who was who has not practiced this week. I think he's dealing with an ankle. And then the three other guys are the offensive linemen, Conklin, Treder and Teller. What is your expectation for those four guys and whether or not they play on Sunday?
2: I would say yes for miles Garrett. Uh, They, they say that he's just resting the ankle and should be back in practice tomorrow. So he's a go Wyatt Teller doubtful. Uh, You can pretty much rule him out at right guard. Chris Hubbard will step in for him. Jack Conklin with the knee. He's been limited. Uh, I would say he'll play. And then um, J.C. Treader. Has never missed a snap since 2017, Uh, so you can kind of go and pencil him in as a go.
1: Okay, let's jump over to the defensive side of the ball for the Browns. I think one of the the most important stats in, in, in football is the turnover differential, and it's in an area where the Browns are pretty good. They're top five in that category with a plus five. They have turned teams over a league high 14 times, do you think this is a product of the pressure that they generate on quarterbacks, or most more so, just being you know being a little bit lucky, the right place at the right time, and just being opportunistic and making the play?
2: Well, a lot of it has to do with the pressure that that Miles Garrett brings. He's just been a game changer this season. He's done a tremendous job, and uh, four of those takeaways are directly uh, because of of Miles Garrett with his four strip sacks. So he is, uh, you know, he's just done a tremendous job, and many of those strip sacks were game-changing plays that really flipped the game for the Browns. So that is definitely something to keep an eye on in this game. They go after the ball, they attack it, and they are digging it out of there. And even in the uh, short bit of practice that I get to watch, you know, in the first 15, 20 minutes, you can see in individual drills, there's such an emphasis on taking that ball away And uh, they will try to do more of that. And and that's just one thing to watch. Now, I know that Derek Carr is not throwing interceptions, um, but this team is really good at that. And they're also good at forcing the fumbles. So we'll have to see how that goes. But they've kind of lived and died off of that because they give up a lot of yards and they give up points. And, uh, you know, that's the thing that, you know, the thing that they have made up for it with are the takeaways.
1: Yeah. Uh, another area of that defense uh, for the Browns where, where they've had some success is stopping the run. Could you talk to us for a moment about what it is that, that makes them so good against the run, maybe even throw out the names of some guys that really uh, you know are stout along that front seven for them?
2: Well, they have been pretty good at stopping the run this year, and they made a concerted effort to be that because this has just never been a very good run defense in the past. So they have gotten better at that and they do have a good defensive line. Obviously, you know about Miles Garrett up on that line. You've got Larry Ogunjobi who's having a nice season against the run. You've got Sheldon Richardson. Those two are the tackles and then you have uh Olivier Vernon on the other outside. Now, the thing about uh Miles Garrett this year to note is that he's moving around. So, if you and he does that from almost sometimes from from play to play, on third down, he can just kind of decide where he wants to go. So, Uh, If there is a weakness on the offensive line, he will find it. They will exploit it. They will put him over anybody who they think cannot handle him. So it will be incumbent upon the Raiders to chip him, to double team him, to figure out where he's lining up and figure out a way to get him stopped. And if they can handle him, uh, then he won't have an opportunity to wreck the game.
1: That's an interesting piece of information that you shared with us there because I didn't realize that they move Gara all along the, the defensive line. So that's a very good piece of information there. So we've talked about some of the things that they do really well on defense. Uh, let, let's now talk about one of the areas where they struggle. I, I think it's fair to say their main weakness uh, is against – the pass and on the back end they've been susceptible to the pass they give up 288 yards through the air per game that's actually worse than the Raiders who, who are not real good at that themselves but uh the Raiders have a pretty good passing attack top seven in the NFL by yards per game is, is this a matchup that you that concerns you for the Browns
2: well yeah and I think the Browns are really looking at that and thinking you know that's where they're going to have to make some hey. that's where they're you know they're going to have to overachieve and step up and Try to do the best they can with with Derek Carr playing so well this season and that passing game uh, really just getting cranked up. And I see he's got a 72 uh, percent completion percentage, 13 touchdowns, two interceptions, and he's really having a very very nice season. So again, I think they'll try to disrupt him, get him off of his mark. Miles will try to get to him in any way that he can, and try to help out that back end as much as they can. But uh, Derek can find a few weaknesses here or there amongst the safeties. I think that's one area where the Browns have really struggled is in some of their safety play. It's getting better because they traded for Ronnie Harrison and now he's starting at safety. But um their, uh, one of their other safeties, Andrew Sandejo, you know, he has struggled a lot this season. So if, if Derek can kind of get hot and start picking apart apart some of the weaknesses in the secondary, uh, you know, that's where he can kind of make up some ground and that's what teams have done.
1: Of course, Raider fans are familiar with Carl Joseph, who was a former Raider first round pick himself, and now he's he's with the Browns. But um, you know, I, I, real quick, I want to ask you about the the corner position of the Browns. I think uh, mo- most football fans are familiar with Denzel Ward because he was a first round draft pick out uh, of Ohio State a couple years ago. But could you just kind of give us a, a quick scouting report of, of the other corner in in the slot corner for the Browns?
2: Well. Their other starting cornerback was supposed to be Greedy Williams this year, their former second-round pick last year, out of LSU. But their two LSU starting defensive backs in Greedy Williams, who was the other starter, starting corner opposite Denzel Ward, and their 2020 second-round pick Grant Delpit out of LSU ruptured his Achilles tendon, and he's out for the season. So the, the defensive backfield is not what it was supposed to be. Uh, So they've made up for it as best they possibly can, as you mentioned. Carl Joseph is in there. He's got Ronnie Harrison at safety, Andrew Sandejo. Um, But at the cornerback position, Terrence Mitchell has been starting in place of Greedy Williams. And for the most part, uh, he's done a nice job. But, you know, he has his moments. He wins some of his matchups, and he loses some of his matchups. So uh, he's held down the fort pretty well. But, you know, that could be another area where uh, Derek Carr could try to exploit them a bit.
1: Last one I have for you, Mary Kay. Uh, I know there is some some weather that's expected on Sunday. Temperatures in the 40s, I believe. Rain and wind gusts of 25 miles per hour. Uh, Do you think this has an impact on the game, and do you think this gives the Browns an advantage because of their ability to be able to run it so well on offense and stop teams from running it on defense?
2: Yeah, I, mean, I would think so. Once again, it's it's not like they have their great one-two punch of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt right now. Once they get that back down the stretch, uh, I think that they're really going to be you know unstoppable in the run game. But right now, Kareem Hunt actually, although I think he's probably a lot healthier this week than he was last week, he's suffering with a rib injury. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's working really, really hard out there, but he, you know, he might not just be quite as explosive as he will be after the bye week Uh, but I do think, uh, in a weather game, the Browns probably do have an advantage because like today they went out and practiced in the cold rain. Uh, and you know, it could be just exactly like that on Sunday. So they will have that advantage. Uh, but, but you really never know how it will go on game day.
1: Uh real quick, I see Vegas has the Browns as a two and a half point favorite. Uh you want to make a prediction for the game real quick?
2: I'm having a tough, tough time picking this one because I've always really liked Derek Carr and uh, you know, I, I enjoyed watching that game in twenty eighteen. I was out there for that game uh and, and watched that shoot out of a game. And uh he's playing really well this year and I think he can take advantage of some of the things that are going on on the Browns defense. But then I look over on the other side of the ball and I see Miles Garrett, I see Denzel Ward uh, and, you know, and I know what those guys are capable of doing. I also know that the Browns have a bye week after this. And I know that they're working really hard to finish strong, to get to six and two and to just kind of relax and take it easy for a few days after, you know, this game. So I think they're going to have the, that intangible working in their favor, I don't know. Tough one to pick. I- I'm going to say the Browns are going to win this game.
1: All right. Mary Kay Cabot, everyone, from the Cleveland Plain Dealer. Thanks so much for the time tonight, Mary, and-, and enjoy the game on Sunday.
2: Sure. Thanks for having me.
1: Welcome back. Final segment, final thoughts. Another great spot there by Mary Kay Cabot. Shout out to Mary Kay for joining us on the show. I tell you guys, I really do enjoy getting a chance to interview some of these beat writers. They give us they give us a great preview and a great rundown and scouting report of what we can expect from some of these opposing teams. I hope you guys enjoy listening to these interviews as much as I enjoy conducting them, and I really do hope that you find them informative. Uh, I do have a quick announcement for you guys. I'm going to be at the game on Sunday. I got myself a ticket today. I was on Ticketmaster.com, found myself a a decent uh, price, so I'm going down to Cleveland. It's a three-hour drive for me. Uh, i'm excited about it because i was supposed to go out to vegas earlier this season and so that was a major letdown so i am happy that i am going to be able to get to see at least one game this year please hit me up on twitter at egrope5 and let me know if any of you out there are going to be going as well Uh, make sure you bring your umbrella your poncho dress warm winter hat gloves it's going to be miserable out there but i would love to catch up with some of you guys say hello and grab a beer All right, I'll talk to you guys next week, hopefully on a Victory Monday podcast. Until then, I'm your host, Evan Grote. Enjoy the weekend, everyone. Have a happy and a safe Halloween. And as always, just win, baby.